0: The Women Like You podcast would like to acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional owners of the land we walk on. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging.
1: Our open goal has just been to do a little bit of something every day or most days. And and that's way more achievable.
0: And I was like, hey, you know what? Ten minutes is good. You don't have to finish the workout.
1: <laughs> Hello and welcome to Women Like You, the podcast for women who hate working out but know they should. I'm Gab. I'm an audio producer and journalist.
0: And I'm Sarah. I'm a GP and I work in fertility and women's health. And on this episode, we're talking goals. Yep. Yep capital G Goals and how to actually set yourself a goal you can achieve. Yes, I mean, I hate
1: goals. They have never worked for me. I've, I set them all the time and then I give up on them all the time when I don't see the results I want, which leaves me feeling really disappointed in myself
0: and like I'm absolutely useless. Which you definitely are not. We've (laughs) talked a little bit on this pod about why we don't like setting goals when it comes to exercise. So today we're going to dig a bit deeper into why that is and look at some interesting approaches to goal setting that might work a little bit better for the exercise sloths amongst us. And you and I are exercise sloths. Well, we're trying not to be. We're doing our best to try not to be. (laughs) (laughs) We're reversing that. We're
1: reversing it. (laughs) Let's kick off, though, uh, with some news from the batshit crazy world of fitness do you know what the uh what the world record um have a, have a stab in the dark what do you reckon the the world record for longest plank
0: oh well, is? Look, I know that there are some like completely batshit crazy people out there so I'm gonna I'm gonna say like something like maybe I don't know like 18 minutes or shit I don't know like 25 minutes cool that's that's I mean that is a decent plank I mean that that that's that's insane but, and it's probably, I don't know, what is it? It's even, it's a a touch more than that. Okay,
1: so recently, I mean, a few weeks ago, an Australian man, it was an Australian man who set the new world record for the longest ever plank. It is nine hours, 30 minutes and one second. I love that he held on for the one second. Nine hours, 30 minutes and one second. The previous-
0: Is he literally made from a plank of wood? I mean- (laughs) (laughs)
1: The previous world record uh, was set by a 62-year-old ex-Marine in 2020. Uh, His record was eight hours, 15 minutes and 15 seconds. So, you know, going an extra... What is that like? It an hour, hour and fifteen, 15 minutes? minutes? Yeah, it's <laughs> you've really sm- you've really kind All of right. made sure that it's going to take a while before someone takes the world record off you. Um, I did a bit of digging around because I do love batchy crazy fitness stories. Um, not I mean not to not to take away from this incredible achievement, obviously. What an amazing human! I mean,
0: fit. That, yeah, it is. It's feels a little bit like something that should be you know in the I don't know the circus or something. It's like, <laughs> doesn't feel like something a normal human would do no disrespect to the recently minted australian man that set the world record but but what but what um but this uh, was a dude this was a dude so i did a bit okay. of digging to see oh
1: you know like how are the ladies doing the female world record holder is a vegan Who can plank for four hours and twenty minutes? And it did make me think. No disrespect to vegans, but I wondered if she did eat meat, (laughs) would she
0: double that time? (laughs) Well, completely kidding. Obviously, don't hate uh, vegans. I I eat meat, and um, And I don't plank for. (laughs) I'm. I think I'm. I'm pulling up probably about four hours and maybe eighteen minutes short. I reckon I could. I reckon I could with the in the right headspace with a desire to beat my husband at a plank off, I reckon I could probably knock out a two-minute plank. Ooh, two minutes is great. Not, like, consecutively. I do plank most mornings. I know that's a a little fact you didn't know about me, Gabrielle. Well, you do Um, like to overshare. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm Bung planker over, from plank back, sore boobs, and and planker from way back. She's a planker. Um, <laughs> four anchor. hours and twenty minutes without a piece of bacon to be seen. Right, I mean that is nuts. Good for a vegan lady. That's incredible.
1: A huge achievement. Uh, that will not be the challenge for this week. We do not care how long you can hold your plank for. If you can <laughs> plank, congratulations. If you can get up on your forearms and toes and hold hold that in a straight line with the core tight for more than five seconds well done you that's incredible (laughs) well this kind of leads quite nicely into our chat about capital g goals because goals baby one thing that you and i can say right now is if we set ourselves a goal to become the new Guinness Book of Records world record holder in planking for, you know, planking for more than four hours and 20 minutes if we want to beat the (laughs) vegans record, I I think you and I can safely say right now that capital G goal is not going to happen. It is. That that, that goal is not even going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) We're not even going to set that goal. You know why? Because, hey, we don't want to plank for that long. (laughs) and we want to eat meat so uh no disrespect again to the vegans and vegetarians of the world but it does lead nicely into our discussion um talking a lot about goals. and we do bang
0: on about goals in this podcast a lot because we don't like them um and you and i have slightly different approaches to goals and i actually think we're gonna we're gonna chew through a bit of that today
1: Yeah. So thinking about some of the goals that we've, the fitness goals that we've set ourselves over the years, what can, uh, what are some of the things that you can remember setting for
0: yourself um, as an adult? Yeah, like terrible goals. I, yeah, it's, it's the, yeah, it's kind of the, the new year's resolution rubbish. It's the, I'm definitely going to like come the 1st of January, I will become someone that runs every day, even though I haven't You know, run a kilometer in December. I will definitely want to lose an X number of kilos, even though that's not the way that you should focus your energy on exercise. Yeah, look, I think that we've definitely set some pretty rubbish goals in the past.
1: Oh, totally. For me, um, weight loss has always been a big thing. It'll be like, you know, I want to lose 10 kilos. I want to go from, you know, a perfectly reasonable size 12 or size 14 to a um, size eight or something like that That literally is just not meant for my physical body shape. Um, it Yeah. And, and things like, you know, I want to run... I want to run a 10 kilometre or 15 kilometre fun run or I want to swim a 1.5 kilometre triathlon swim. Um, you know, there's not that there's anything wrong with any of those goals. I mean, the weight loss ones obviously put that aside. Some of those are like batshit crazy, but, um, a lot of the the fitness related ones, like you know, the running or the the swimming. Oh yeah,
0: um, the five Ks. The there's, there's, no, there's nothing wrong
1: with them necessarily. Um, not, nothing wrong with wanting to do those things or aspiring to do those things. But um, just just as we know, setting the goal and then not doing anything or setting up any systems in your life to to work out a way to get to that goal is what's really dumb. And and has certainly never worked for us.
0: No, and that's that. You set yourself up for disappointment when you when you set this enormous goal, this very concrete, specific goal, without setting up the systems in the first place. There's every chance that you're going to fail. And this is not just exercise. I mean, think of if you've you know if you've ever tried to to save money, mm. you can't just say, "Oh, look, in you know, at the end of this year, I want to have a ten thousand dollars in the bank." Yeah, at the, actually- at the end of this year. <laughs> How are you, you actually going to get there? <laughs> like you need to be whacking five bucks in the in the bank every how often? You know, like it's you need to have some systems in place for this to make any sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it's interesting
1: you mentioned the New Year's resolution thing as well because that is uh, a th- that is the time when. Often we're having that kind of reset. It's a new year. Uh, we've, you know, if we're lucky, we've had some time off um, to kind of relax and not think about work or, or, you know, you've had some post-holiday season chill time away from family to kind of ha- take a break and have a moment. And that's hmm. the time and when... probably indulged a bit as well,
0: which is oh, the yes. reason why I think so many of us are setting these <laughs> unrealistic goals because we're probably... Because we've probably pain. <laughs> Probably been face down in a Pavlova for half that
1: time. <laughs> Pavlo- now I want Pavlova. Um yes. And so for that reason, we tend to set New Year's resolutions. Um, and it reminded me when you said that there was an article that I read in January of this year on the ABC um, that I squirreled away for, for to talk about at some point on the podcast. Excellent. And it seems like the perfect time. Basically, this this um article was about New Year's resolutions and why you should set an open goal instead of specific goals, which is what we're, you know, much more used to doing. And, and the article's great. I'll put I'll put a post. I'll put a link to the article in the show notes. But basically, it draws in some data from the US, which you know—it's admittedly the data is a couple of years old now. But it gives you an idea um, that the most common New Year's resolution is people wanting to exercise more. So, like fifty-nine percent of people surveyed um, said that their New Year's resolution was that they want to exercise more. And I think that's that's certainly true for me. Pretty much at the start of every year, I would say, I would I would have some kind of goal of like I wanted. I want to get fitter. I want to get. I want to exercise more this year. I want to run, you know, mm. ten kilometers every day. I want to, you know, all those kind of fitness goals that we
0: have. Mm. I reckon this is probably the first year that I haven't set one of those kind of goals. Yeah, me too.
1: Really interesting. Hmm. Mm. Um, but anyway, so this article it looked at data from the British Journal of Sports Medicine and the Health Psychology Review. So um, it's actually kind of digging a little bit deeper into um, goal kind of mindset and and where the, the thinking has been and where the thinking is heading. Um, and it basically showed that the way we set goals currently doesn't really work. And the suggestion was to try open goals. So up to this point, goal setting used to be about setting what was called SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T. SMART. I am so smart. Um, SMART (laughs) goals, you know, SMART standing for specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. Now, when you think about that, all those things sound like a
0: recipe for success, right? This is when I went to medical school, which was between 2000 and 2004, this was legit part of the curriculum. What? Smart, yeah, how to like, you know, how to help people achieve behavioural change is that you need to help them to build smart goals. This is, you know, this is 20 years ago. Wow.
1: So, it's, yeah, it's kind of been the, the um, predominant goal setting wow. thought yeah. um, for a while now. Wow, that's that's really interesting. I didn't, yeah, I didn't realise that. Um, so, obviously, you know, things like I'm going to run for 30 minutes every day at this time is kind of what we're thinking of when we're talking about smart goals, right? You know, specific, mm, measurable, yeah. achievable, realistic timeout, um, that kind of stuff. Well, Apparently, the research is now suggesting that this can actually be a deterrent rather than a motivator because- specific goals, as you and I know, tend to be an all or nothing approach. Like there's no room for error. There's no room for life. (laughs) There's no room to not hit that goal. Yeah. So that black and white mentality is fraught with danger. Totally. And and obviously, you know, like if you've said to yourself, like use that as an example, if you said to yourself, I'm going to run every day, you know, 30 minutes every day at seven o'clock in the morning, and then you do that for like three or four days, and you feel amazing. And then you get to Friday, and something happens—work, life, family—you know, whatever—or oh. you're sick. Um, you're sick. And you Don't You've do Friday. Sore oh, you got
0: boobs. boobs. Yeah. You get—you know—you get railroaded by a, a work commitment that you weren't expecting. At that, like, literally, life is there to interrupt you,
1: and it will. And so you get to Friday, the run doesn't happen. When you don't reach your goal, you feel like a failure. That then spirals into a lot of negative self talk. The goal is absolutely cooked. I'm shit. Why did I even bother doing this? You know, and then basically three weeks into your New Year's resolution,
0: you're done. That's that's a that's a smart goal. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can I can relate to this for a good portion <laughs> of my life.
1: Um. Now, what this article then goes into is kind of where the thinking is going now. And current thinking is getting behind this idea of open goals and that open goals are more effective. Uh, One study found that insufficiently active people walked further on average when pursuing open goals. Now, when we're talking about open goals, what we're saying is rather than saying, I'm going to walk 10,000 steps a day or, you know, run 30 minutes every day or whatever it is, you flip that to make it more open and you turn that into, I'm going to see how many steps I can do today, or I'm going to see how many kilometers I can run this week. You keep it open. And in doing so, you're allowing more space in for when life inevitably is going to shit on your plan,
0: if that makes sense. <laughs> it makes, it yeah, it makes, it makes excellent sense. And I can already think of examples of when I have kind of inadvertently set myself an open goal as opposed to one of these very specific closed goals. And clearly it's been way more beneficial for me.
1: Yeah, you know, like we were talking last week about you don't have to finish the workout Um, and the fact that, you know, there have been days when you and I did not feel like doing something. And so what we've said to ourselves mentally is, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to see how much of this I can do. And then nine times out of ten, you end up finishing it because there's no pressure on you. You just you've you've already said to yourself, "I'm just going to see whatever I get done today. You know, I'm going to see how far I can go, and that'll, that's enough, and that's fine." Um, and then because you've kind of taken the pressure off yourself, you actually stop focusing on the intensity of the workout and you actually just kind of get more into the
0: flow of it. I, I just, I think this is a great way to reframe the discussion about goals because I think that when, you know, oftentimes when we're talking about goals as as we've done so far, we kind of, we poo-poo the capital G goal because it is really concrete. There's no room for life. There's no room for for accidents to happen, for life to get in the way. Whereas I think these more open Goals allow us actually a little bit of room to to improve without that fear of failure. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree.
1: There's um, there's a a bunch of other kind of psychological, positive psychological benefits to this as well. You know, you are taking away that fear that that fear or that disappointment that you're going to let yourself down or let somebody mm. else down if you've if you've said your goal out loud. Um, and also, as you and I both know. I mean, you and I approach goals differently in the past, especially like weight loss goals, and we've spoken about this a lot before. You're amazing at goals; like, you will go hard line for something, and you will absolutely get there. But because the goal itself and what you had to do to get to it was really unrealistic and not a good quality of life, as soon not as you've something that it, could be maintained, absolutely. yeah, no, and nor should it. You know, like some of the shit, like you know, in terms of like extreme dieting or all like that kind of extreme exercise to kind of hit a certain, you know goal as soon as really you've got really concrete
0: it. goal mm, as soon
1: as yeah. you got it then it's like oh, I'm done now there's no incentive for me to keep to keep this going because um, I've made it whereas I don't even get that far I, I just kind of don't see the results I want straight away um and I lose all momentum and I feel really disappointed and like a failure and so I, I sort of quit way before I even you know I I quit way sooner, whereas you actually get to the goal and I've seen you do it so many times and it's incredible, but how that's, it's amazing
0: that both approaches end up in the same result. I was going to say that's nothing to be proud of, like just reaching your goal and then going all the way backwards again, because you don't have any actual systems in place to to maintain what you've worked so ridiculously hard for. You know, you end up with that same outcome of not achieving said goal in the first place because- at the end of the day, we're both back there on the thirty-first of December, coming up with lame ideas for how we think the next day is meant to go. <laughs> and that's, you know, look, I think that goals are really useful in setting kind of setting your course or setting that setting the direction. And this is where I think the open goals can really make sense by saying, well, look, I want, you know, it's the first of January, I want to. some more exercise this year than I did last year. I want Mm. to try and maybe focus on eating a little bit healthier this year than I ate last year rather than saying I'm going to eat 1200 calories a day this year or I'm going to run 5k's every day. These really specific goals can be counterproductive and um, yeah look if working as a doctor for the last 16 years or so has taught me anything, changing behavior is really hard. And I ultimately I think that all comes down to the fact that we're so used to setting these big goals without having those systems in place in the first place. Mm, yeah, I totally
1: agree. And and you and I are living proof of that. We've we've done it so many times, tried and failed. Well, you know, not failed. Small F failed. Tried and stopped so many times. Um that yeah, it's 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 really about um, and I think the reason why you and I have actually managed to turn that exercise slothness around is we've set up good systems, you know, we're, we're choosing um, activity and exercises based on how we're feeling at the time, we're not being so hard on ourselves and and saying that we have to f- always finish a workout that we start. You know, if something's feeling really shit or we're really tired or we don't have a lot of time, we're kind of adapting what we're choosing. We're just finding like literally our our goal and our open goal has just been to do a little bit of something every day or most days. And, exactly. and that's way more exactly. achievable
0: it is. And then I never feel I never feel disappointed in myself if all that I have achieved that day is, the incidental exercise of walking to the train station and that's, you know, all that I do, I go, well, look, you moved your body today. You did something that you would not have done previously mm. because you've, yeah, it's it's open-ended. And if I achieve more than that, awesome. If I achieve less than that, it's okay. It's always tomorrow. Like, it's it's not this pass-fail mentality. Yes, and I think, you know, for you and I,
1: obviously, as... um prospective planking world record holders, I think the key here is that we don't set (laughs) the specific goal of planking for nine hours, 30 minutes and one second or whatever the hell it was. Two (laughs) seconds if you want to be a champion. (laughs) Two seconds. My apologies. Nine hours, 30 minutes and two seconds. You know, if we we were, you know, so inclined to try and achieve some kind of plank achievement, the key would be To have an open goal, how long can I plank for today? I'm just going to see how long I can plank for. By the end of the week, I'm going to see how much I can improve my plank for. And that's the other big thing that this this article talked about in terms of you know goal setting and obviously having an open goal. It's still okay to kind of reach for something. It's still okay to um, have a target that you want to get to in a specific period of time, you know, like by the end of this year or, you know, something shorter than that, by the end of this week, by the end of this month, it's still okay to do that. It's just about the language that you use mm. in order to get to that. So, rather than like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do 10,000 steps a day type thing, you might say, I'm going to see how many steps I can do today. And then you'll say, I'm, I'm going to see if I can do more steps by the end of this month than I did last month, or I'm going to see if I can do more steps Beautiful. by the end of this I year than I did that. last year. And you know, because we've you know, got so many ways of tracking ourselves these days with phones and watches and all kinds of stuff, there is ways that you can kind of measure that progress and see it sort of happening, but without it being so fixed that if you lose track of it or you're not able to complete it, that you just completely fall off the, the wagon and give up.
0: I was thinking about this in terms of those big walks that I was doing um, at the beginning of this year before we were back in lockdown in our little magical middle lockdown period. Um, and, uh, it feels like a lifetime ago. I know. Oh, doesn't it? It does. Oh, the start it was of like this year, six years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I remember just like I, I was thinking that, you know, my husband and I would occasionally sort of accidentally knock out like a... 15 kilometres or something throughout Mm. that day and if you'd have told me at the beginning of one of those Saturdays hey put your shoes on you're about you know you're about to go for a 15 15, kilometre walk I would not have gone I would have I would have feigned an injury (laughs) I would have have done whatever I could have done to get out of that because I would have a I would have gone well that's not possible. I don't think I've ever been on a ten k walk climate, before, yeah. let alone fifteen k's. That would have felt overwhelming. It would have felt suffocating. It would have just—it would have been too much for me to to comprehend almost. And also, you would have been tracking every
1: single step of those fifteen kilometers for just the going, entire are we there time. Yeah. Are we there? Yeah. Yet?
0: Are we there? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Instead of just going for a but walk instead, and see like, where you
0: went <laughs> let's let's chuck our shoes on let's put our backpacks on let's you know take a couple of bottles of water with us and and see where the day takes us and obviously some of those days we probably walked three kilometers and ended up going out for lunch somewhere but mm. other days we absolutely you know knocked out some huge numbers that I just I think if that had been a closed ended goal I I wouldn't have attempted it in the first place
1: Hey, so last week um, you suggested this really great Maddie Limburner Mad Fit workout uh, as the challenge for the week. It's called the Low Impact Full Body Hit Workout. No equipment, no jumping. I love that she said that at the start of that, when you press play and she says, this is great if you live in an apartment, you've got people below you, you know, there's no jumping. And I was like, or she was like, you know, the baby's asleep in the other room, no jumping. She's so Canadian and so considerate. So, so considerate. I was like, no one thinks like that. Um, But I do have neighbours downstairs and and that did make me go, oh, this is nice. Mm. And that's, and that's where the nice part of this workout ended for me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, it wasn't that bad. Actually, I did it. I I also did it this week, and I and I hadn't done it for a while, and I was like, oh yeah, she's spicy. She's spicy. So, uh, and the
1: other thing is, um, it was funny. I was scanning through uh, a lot of the. Videos as they popped up on her YouTube page, and um, there's definitely ones that are like, you know, leg burner and you know, core burn and, and you know, that kind of that kind of language. I'm like, oops, skipping past those, skipping past those. <laughs> Luckily, I'm going to the low impact full body hit workout. Uh, that do not be fooled. Um, the low impact part of it is good, mm. uh, but it's still a hit workout. That's right. The first two letters of a hit workout are <laughs> high intensity, baby. <laughs> so, look, uh, I thought How'd you know, you go? Let's, actually, you know, here's my review. I think it's a great workout. Um, the pros for this for me was I loved that right at the start she set it up by saying we're going to do 20 exercises, 20 different exercises. So there are no reps. Like you're not you're not sort of repeating the same sets over and over, or you know, doing sets of like one, two, three, four, and then going back to you know. Rep number yeah, one and do it. I love that. It was really good because I was like, "Cool, all right, that's going to keep me interested the entire way through." I also loved that it was really good, really good guided session. Um, she explains all the workouts, all the exercises. She shows them to you first, so you know what you're about to do. 45 seconds on, 15 seconds off, so you do get a little little 15 second breather in there, which is good. Also, love that there was no jumping at all. Perfect mm. for the sore boobage. Um, or neighbours or, you know, baby or kids are asleep and you don't want to make crazy loud banging noises.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And, and I'll often do my workouts first thing in the morning. So I kind of want to be a little bit discreet for my neighbours and my husband and my dog and whatever. So yeah, good. It's a good And also very low impact
1: on the joints as well, which is great uh, for us ladies who are getting a little, a little older as we all are and things hurt. Um, Mm -hmm. The cons of this workout for me, it was still fucking hard. Like... It required, I think, a fair bit of strength and flexibility for some of the exercises. There's this one at the moment. I don't know if you've seen a lot of the trendy fit people on Instagram doing this, but, like, there's this type of exercise. It's sort of like a crawl of some sort where you, um, you're you extending one leg under one side of the body and balancing on one arm and then kind of flipping over to the other side. And you're supposed yeah, to yeah. do it slow and steady, but it's obviously all about strength and flexibility. Like Chris Hemsworth was doing it the other day. Yeah, Kate yeah I Hudson, saw that. <laughs> Kate Hudson, you know, has videos of her doing this all the time. And I always go, holy shit, this was in that, one of those was a set in this um, workout and I had no flexibility and I literally couldn't even do one properly. So that was one moment where I was like, okay, so you do need a, a little bit of uh, strength for this one, I reckon. Um, the other thing I didn't like was even though it had the 45 second clock counting down and the 15 second clock break, I didn't have an overall clock so I didn't know where I was up to in the 20 minutes or the 20 different exercises and I think for <laughs> yes. me mentally I need to know where I'm at you know what I mean I don't know it's, it yeah, could yeah, just be I, me I look
0: no no I I will admit that for very much that reason I actually did this this week I did this particular session over two days because oh, I because a great I, idea. A, I told myself when I, <laughs> Because I checked. I was like, where are we up to? Like, like, Halfway. How much uh, oh more of this is there? And I was, look, I was running kind of You were so short. smart. You were so much smarter than me. Oh, God, no, I no. wish I'd done that. So, and I was like, I literally kind of clicked on the on the mouse pad at the 10-minute <laughs> mark. To bring the timeline up. <laughs> yeah, to bring the timeline up to see where I was up to. And I was like, hey, you know what? 10 minutes is good. You don't have to finish the workout. <laughs> and... uh and, yeah, look, I hadn't done this workout. I know that I was the one that suggested it, but I hadn't done this workout for a few months. And there was probably, you know, a little bit of arrogance there that was going, you know, you've been doing plenty of yoga. You've been doing lots mm. of stuff. I'm sure you'll find this easier when you go back to it. But it was it was difficult mm. it's a, like she trained as a dancer so there there's definitely kind of a lot of balance kind of balance aspects to it a lot of flexibility oh, a lot of coordination the, was like, a,
1: a, like a lunge and then kick the like lunge, you know you lunge down behind. and then kick i was but, like holy
0: yeah. shit i'm gonna fall over uh,
1: and i, did. I definitely
0: <laughs> did like to, I, well yeah you, you wasn't fell that over the, wasn't that like the first exercise oh i don't know I, uh, time blends i, out over, at all. I fell it, over very early <laughs>
1: It all hurt. It was all, yeah, a blur. But I remember, like, it was weirdly a blur and it took an age. But, like, um, I remember there was one where I think it was the lunge kick where she was going, like, lunge kick, lunge kick, lunge kick. And she was almost like she was in fast forward. Yeah, no, I was doing (laughs) that. And I was in slow mo.
0: I was like, lunge, kick, and trying not to fall over at the same time. So, yeah. I, One I, of the things that I do like about it, though, is that I find a lot of those those kind of, we're doing, you know, 10 session or 10 different exercises over a particular time frame, Um, is that often it is kind of just the squats and lunges and all of the usual things. Whereas I think that she's quite creative in some of the ways that she Puts different movements together, Mm. so and to me that just makes it a little bit more interesting. I'm I'm less inclined to get bored. I definitely wasn't bored. Boredom was not the problem with this workout.
1: Like actual like sticking with it definitely was for me, and that's purely because I think for the exercise sloths among us, you know, I, I I feel like I need to see where I'm at in a workout so I know. Yeah, um, really how much point. longer it, you know even even if it's not a like a clock even if it's just a we're halfway you know or or um you know we've got three more sets to go or three more exercises to do, or something like that always makes me go okay at least I know sort of where I'm at. Like sometimes Adrian does that a lot in yoga with Adrian. She'll say, this is your last vinyasa or, you know, take it now while you can. This is the last one we'll do. And stuff like yeah. that always makes me go, oh, okay, cool. I know where I'm at. You can knock this out because there's yeah. only a few minutes left. There's only a little bit to go. Exactly. Especially for those higher in intensity ones. You know, overall, very good. I would say that this is definitely one to do on a seven, possibly an eight or a nine out of ten kind of day as well. You know, when, when you're rocking a lot of energy and you want something a bit more higher intensity, this is this is good. I was probably rocking about a four or a five this morning, so probably not the best Oh, did you do
0: it? You did it today, yeah. I did it today. I feel like
1: tomorrow is going to be painful.
0: Oh, yeah, your, your glutes will feel that, baby.
1: And so, you know, in the spirit of doing something way calmer this week, I thought... Um, <laughs> My little recommend. I've
0: been been
1: demoted. Oh, man. I was, when I was doing this, I was like, I have some words for Sarah (laughs) after this exercise is done. (laughs) When she says low impact, I need to read the fine print more carefully to also read full body, high intensity interval training workout. (laughs) And in fact, this is not Sarah's fault at all. I just didn't read the manual. Um, (laughs) So... In the complete opposite end of the spectrum, uh, I've got a yoga with Adrian recommendation um, for a lovely twelve-minute session. That I've have you done this one before? No, no, I, mean, I haven't. You always do yoga when you wake up, um, so you probably
0: and, yeah, and you, exactly. you never struggle to fall asleep, so I suppose this is probably but less I relevant have, for you. No, I totally have had awful sleeps for the last week or so. Oh no! So when when I saw this when I I saw this crop up as your suggestion, I was like, yeah, cool. I'm definitely giving this one a crack. I've, yeah, I've just, I don't know why, but my sleep has been shocking.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I think I know why we're in a lockdown. It's mentally draining and everything's shit (laughs) and there's
0: no sign of- Well, actually, I entirely know why I've been sleeping badly because ever since I gave my dog a haircut, he's obviously cold at night and pretty (laughs) much steals three quarters of the bed. So both- yeah, we're both sleeping poorly.
1: Oh, well, maybe see if um, Woody can do this one with you as well. Um, he's very good mm. at down face dogs. He dog. is. Um, So this one's called Wind Down Yoga. I'll post a link in the show notes. It's a 12-minute yoga sesh that you can do before bed. So the aim of it is really to, like, stretch, calm down, quiet the mind, get your deep breathing going, Um. Highly recommend get into your PJs or you know get into something super comfy. You can either also grab a pillow or a blanket. Um, it's one of the really lovely, calm, cuddly uh, yoga. Wrap yourself in a blanket like a burrito sessions, um, and I really, I've I've loved it every time I've done it. Um, I also do it in a darkened room, so you know if you can turn the lights off, that's. Um, Highly recommend it, especially if you can be close to where your bed is. If you could do it literally <laughs> somewhere close and then just sort of roll onto the mattress, that will help as well. Um, or if you're not quite ready for bed, uh, I also highly recommend having a shower before bed, but do it with the lights off. Have a have a have like a dark shower with the hot water running. Um, that's also a really nice way to kind of shut everything down and, and kind of get some hopefully good lovely relaxed yummy sleep. Oh, falling asleep. this I'm is great. I love
0: <laughs> like I love yin style yoga that really kind of slow kind of holding really comfortable supported poses for for longer periods of time. It's not about strength, it's more about kind of stretching the fascia and and really, you know, yeah, juicy relaxing kind of sessions. But I haven't done them before bed. Yeah, That's great. This is kind of my Sunday ritual is a bit of yin yoga on a Sunday morning. But, uh, but um,
1: yeah, all right. Try, all sun- it. try it Sunday night. I'm just going to whisper Fascia to you. Yeah, like this is not, you will not break a sweat at all. And that's not the purpose of this. It's just purely super calm, super stretchy, really, you know, quiet breathing, kind of just kind of shutting everything down nicely, slowly, and then being able to just kind of roll onto the mattress and drift off to sleep.
0: Give it a whirl. I still haven't done the uh, I don't want to run, run. So <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll do this one. I'll get it done. I'll get it done. I'll get one of the two done. Tune in next week to see which one Sarah did. <laughs> fascia. It's going
1: to be the fascia one. It's going to be
0: wind down yoga, and you
1: know, tune in next week to see if you could hold a plank for nine hours, thirty minutes, and one second. Oh, Probably I've not. already
0: started. I've I've been planking planking this whole time I'm planking right now (laughs) What are you not Are you not planking
1: (laughs) The Women Like You podcast is
0: produced by me Gab Burke and music is by Hamish Camilleri Thank you so much for listening and sharing our little pod You can follow us on socials just search for Women Like You podcast on Instagram and Facebook
1: uh, you could also email us at womenlikeyoupodcast at gmail.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Yeah,
0: get it in you. Is
1: that <laughs> wrong? I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I think our, our uh, you know, wily listeners are kind of used to obscene and disgusting behaviour from us. Pleasure juice. Pleasure juice. <laughs> I'm Sarah. And I'm Gab. And I love you. I still haven't I seen your face. It's been way too long. I don't know when I'll
0: see you again. Maybe maybe I've next got episode. Plan. I've got a plan. <laughs> soon. Soon we'll technically be able to perhaps picnic with one yeah. another. Yeah, yeah, totally. I will be I will be double vaxxed very soon. So I think that's when we can do it, right? Yeah, once you're once you're double vaxxed, maybe You and me in a cheese plate in the park.
1: Fuck yeah! Do we even have to pretend that we're exercising? I don't know. There's no, no, we it. won't.
0: I mean, obviously we will because we're like <laughs> exercise groups. We'll just be like planking. Planking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll join you for a plank in the park. <laughs>